You're listening to Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Eric Konovalov, and I believe that we can achieve everything we want if we take our leadership, sales ability, and personal growth to a higher level. On this show, we share ideas on how to break through our invisible boundaries, start taking steps towards our dreams, and create the life we desire. I invite you to open your mind to new possibilities, new ideas, and to the truth that everything you want is possible for you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. I'm so lucky to have you listening in, whatever you're doing, driving, or maybe you're just chilling on a beach. I hope you're having the best day ever. If you haven't done so yet, Get over to Facebook, Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Mastermind. Let's connect there. I'd like to know who's listening to the show. I want to know what we can do better, and I want to know what you think of our previous episodes. All right. Today is a very unique guest because I actually had to reach out to her, which I don't usually do, because of the amazing job she did for me and Julia. I'm like, I got to get this lady's business and name out in the world. I've never experienced such amazing customer service. And I'm so excited to bring her to you. She is the co-founder slash dream travel designer at DMC Travel Taylor. Write that down, DMC Travel Taylor. Her name is Stephanie. So that's the easy part. And let me do this in my Italian accent. Her, the rest of her five names is <laughs> Dimano Ch- Chicago. No. Yeah, that's right. No, you did good. Chicago. All right. The mano Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a gelato, but it's a Chicago. See? It flows. That's what I say. It's long, but at least it flows. It's all Italian. Italians (laughs) just sing their names. You know, you just you have to you have to have a good voice to be able to pronounce an Italian name. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So this is actually the first time we're meeting, probably like 10 minutes before the show. Because Julia, you dealt with Julia. I mean, Julia, she's the organizer. And I for those, oh, she's so amazing. But for, for those of you who don't know, a couple of months ago, Julia and I, well, no, it was last month in July, we went on a vacation. We haven't been on a vacation in a long time, and we've never been to France. So Julia has always wanted to go. We knew we wanted to go to Europe, and she starts looking for travel agents. Somehow she found Stephanie, who I've dealt with travel agents a lot. This is not a travel agent. This is this is a travel designer. I mean, that's like the perfect title for you. Oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> not only did we get the most perfect trip, there was an app, there was an itinerary. I was that guy that got off the plane in France and there was a guy there waiting for me with my name on a cardboard. I didn't know who those dudes were. But for the first time in my life, we experienced it, and it's such a special feeling. So before we get into the travel stuff, Stephanie, talk yeah. to me. Right, right now, you're in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. That's kind of home base for you. But yeah. who were you before you were this amazing travel designer? We can start in college. So you don't go back to like, well, I was born in, you know, 19. 19- Oh God! Even if we start in college, it'll it, that'll be the whole uh, episode because I've done so many different industries. To be honest with you, from real estate to marketing, modeling, um, to having my own accessory company. But anyway, we're gonna fast forward. So after all yeah. that, 
I got into the private aviation industry as a corporate flight attendant. So that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, I think, 11 years now. I've been flying all over the world, uh, the top 1% of the world. So a lot of CEOs, celebrities, um, just a lot of different people that either fly charter or have their own jets. And and so I, my last job was in San Jose. I was flying some private families and I, you know, after a while, I just figured, well, I, you know, as much as I love this industry, I always say it was the most amazing job and the most grueling at the same time, because you always have to be at somebody's beck and call. And in some ways you, you kind of feel like you don't have a life because, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to have your own schedule. Give me an idea of that. Like, I mean, I book a flight. I know I'm going somewhere unless it's a dire yeah. emergency. Are, are all these emergencies or how does this work? Okay. So when you're flying some of these billionaires, you know, they have their own jet and they, they pretty much for them, their own jet is like their car. So if they switch their mind and say, okay, no, we want to go to this country now. It's like, guess what? You and the crew have to go because they need the crew to go with them. Right. So, you know, you yeah. need your pilots, you need, you know, the flight attendant in the back to serve them stuff and be there for safety. And with some clients, some clients kind of go to their schedule and other clients are just bam, bam, bam with the changes. And so you're constantly trying to keep up with all the changes. And for us as flight attendants, you know, we're, we take care of everything in the back. So that's all the food, all the prep, all that stuff. So a lot of times, as you can imagine, especially if there are, you know, severe dietary restrictions, it's hard to, to accommodate all those changes last minute. So we're dealing with all that. And, um, and so that's kind of, that's the life of a flight attendant on the road, but there were times where, and people, a lot of people don't understand when I say this, but like, I, I would get stuck in Fiji for 15 days and it was like, thing. <laughs> well, see exactly. Everybody says that, but you know, at that time I had hard days scheduled that I really wanted to be home for, for important things that, you know, it's like, guess what, you know, you're halfway around the world. Like, can you just stick it out and stay there? Which wasn't the worst thing in the world, but you know, when you have a husband and, and, or a family at home and you have other commitments, I mean, all of those little things start turning into, you know, can be a big deal. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just a lifestyle. And so, you know, things like that would happen. I almost missed my honeymoon. Um, on <laughs> we weren't sure if I was going to make it back. So then the owner, one of the pilots just was like, I cannot have you miss your honeymoon. So he just asked our owner and he was like, Hey, listen, can you, are you going to be back tonight? Can you say a hundred percent if like, for sure, if you can be back tonight. And he was like, um, oh, 99 point, you know, 9% sure, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. And they were like, can we release Stephanie? And he was like, oh yeah, send her home. So I went home on a commercial airline just in case there was that whatever 0.5% chance that we weren't going to make it back to California at the time. Where was your honeymoon supposed to be? Well, we ended up, um, we went to St. Thomas and uh, I had, gosh, a lot of points at the Marriott. So we stayed like 10 nights at the Ritz-Carlton in St. Thomas. And then we did like, um, we bounced around the BVIs. We did a private boat charter. And that was my favorite part of the trip because I love the BVIs, but yeah. Good for you. And you married, I learned you married your, this is such a terrible name, but uh, Handler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) he was a Handler and that's always the joke because I say he handled me well, that's that's (laughs) the joke. But um, we don't have them in the US, but when you're in Europe and are in the private aviation industry, 
we have what you call a handler. And so the handler is our point of contact who comes on the jet sometimes. And sometimes, you know, it's just by email, but they handle everything from transportation to, you know, help with catering to hotels, whatever you need. And Daniela, my husband, was our handler because he was the station manager for Universal Weather and Aviation at the Venice airport. And we flew in to Venice and that's how we met. Technically, I was his client at the time. Yeah, we're not going to go into details of that, but I'm sure it's a very romantic story. Probably could be made in a movie. If they made a show out of Emily in Paris, we can certainly make something out of Stephanie flying to Italy. (laughs) However... Um, so you tried a lot of things out of college. You said real estate. What else was it? I was modeling at first. Um, I did some, uh, marketing cause then I moved to New York city. So I was still kind of, you know, juggling, like, um, I used to manage events for different liquor companies. And so I did that in a couple different places. Yeah. did some modeling work. And then I, I believe after that I transitioned into real estate. So I did, retail real estate in Manhattan. Like I put the Ruby Tuesday in Times Square. That was my deal. I did. I helped with the whole, um, and the meatpacking, if anybody's familiar with the whole Apple, Hugo Boss, Moschino, that that whole building, I helped represent that for the landlord. And so I did deals like this. And But to be honest with you, it was just kind of a a toxic environment where I was at. So, you know, after a while, it was killing my spirit. And I was like, I I need to get get out of this. And- uh, but you're you're from the Midwest, right? Yeah, Michigan. You're from Michigan. Can you tell me a little bit about your parents and how you were raised? Oh yeah. So my dad's from Rome and my mom's from uh Casino. So Casino's about an hour and a half away from Rome in Italy. But the interesting thing is my parents actually met. They both lived in Italy, by the way, until they were into like their mid-20s. And so they're very Italian. And, and so you still hear the accent today. They still speak Italian in the house. Um, and so they met in Michigan through mutual friends. And they didn't know each other in Italy. And so it was kind of one of these things where my dad at the time wanted to go back to Rome because he wanted to go open up his own bar because that's, you know, he used to work in the bars there. And, you know, they fell in love. And my my mom was like, Hell no, because she she lived on a farm and casino, which was a very different lifestyle than living in the big city. So she was like, I am not like she wanted opportunity for her children because they knew they wanted children. She wanted opportunity. She wanted to stay in America, the land of the free. And so that's that's how it all started. They raised me in Michigan. I was born in Detroit and I spent 17 years of my life there. It was awesome. It was a great place to grow up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think the people are really nice there. I think so too. Where did you get this global view from? Because I've met some people from the Midwest. I mean, you meet these people everywhere. They've never left their county. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always had it in me because even when I was little, it was funny because I would get in a fight with my parents and I would get on my little banana boat bike or whatever those things were. And I'd be like, I'm moving to Hawaii. And I would start pedaling off. And my mom and dad are like, what? I think it's going to take a lot more than a bike to get to Hawaii. But anyway, so I always had this, this bug of wanting to travel the world. And after college, I actually traveled the US. I was working for Porsche for a little bit. I was a product specialist for them. And so I traveled the U S but then I figured, well, I don't want to live out of a suitcase because it was hard for me to really see those locations. And so then, yeah, I kind of segued into all these different, you know, industries. And then 
after the real estate, after my accessory line, I said, okay, how can I incorporate travel and, you know, and make money like into a job? How can I do this? And so I kind of looked at the whole, should I become um, crew on a yacht, you know, type thing. I had some friends in the industry. Once I learned more about that, I was like, "Mm, probably not the right fit. So I just, I went straight to private aviation. And at the time I met with a broker who I knew from Blue Star Jets in in New York at the time. He was nice enough to meet me for lunch. He gave me a list of operators and then I just hustled. I hustled my way in to the day I paid for my, well, I paid for my training. You have to do safety training. So I paid for my training in hopes that I would get work. And the day after training, because I had met with one company, I was scheduled on my day trip to D.C., And then from there, you know, you just start getting referred, you know, if the pilots like you and you do a good job, you get referred by them, the clients were requesting me. And so I, I kept flying and I flew initially out of New York city for many years. Was this your company at that point or were you? No, I was a contractor. You're just a contractor. Okay. Contractor. And so I would work for different, you know, jet, you know, management companies and, I would get booked on trips, charter trips mainly. And then I was full-time, you know, with a managed account at Jet Aviation. And then from there, moved to California and then was full-time with these families. And and um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing uh, ride. And I've seen a lot of the world. So at that point, I think I'm up to 53 countries, 30 islands. And so I said, I said, well, okay, I don't want to be a flight attendant forever. How can I? You know, because I've been fortunate enough to have many of my bucket list, you know, trips, you know, realize how can I do this for other people, help create these trips for other people, but have my own company because I always wanted my own company. And so then it was like, how about I become a travel advisor and start my own travel company? (laughs) Unbelievable. And you have, I mean, you you just have connections all, all over the world. That's that's your unique proposition. Well, I do. And I do because a lot of it is because of Virtuoso. So we're affiliated with Virtuoso. And for those that don't know Virtuoso, it's the leading luxury network in the world. So if you think of Virtuoso as an umbrella, um, there are many travel advisors like me underneath Virtuoso. There are many of the best hotel, crews, tour operators. And so I have all these partners around the world that I can work with um, outside of the areas that I specialize in, because a lot of times, you know, I am planning trips where the the clients want to go. And I don't necessarily specialize in that area, but I know who to call. And I know, I know who to use that's going to do an amazing job for my clients, because obviously we're in this to make people happy. And we want happy clients. Like I told Julia on our discovery call, um, I have to do bookings because it's part of my job, obviously, but I'm not transactional. Uh, For me, it's all about the relationship. I really care about my clients. Um, I can't take on everybody. And so now it's like, I am at the point in my career where it's like, okay, well, I can take on so many people. And so I get to choose a bit who I want to work with too, because, you know, I have to stay happy. (laughs) I got to tell you, we felt it. I mean, we felt special. You did such an amazing job. How many times did she make changes to your itinerary? 
No, I don't think it was not more. It wasn't like changes. Her and I work together. So, and and this is so common because what happens is we'll show an initial itinerary because Julia was so funny at first. She was like, okay, you know, you guys wanted this leisure time. So we were planning the trip for leisure time. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope. I want to do as much as we can do every single day. So I was like, okay, I think you're going to be tired, but we tired. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but Hey, I'm going to give you what you want, but I am going to advise you that it's a robust schedule. You're going to be tired. And, but, but I mean, the upside is, and you, you probably saw it while you were there is that you saw a lot of things. And so sometimes when you see a lot of things, it allows you to, okay, well, I like this place a lot. So maybe in the future, you just want to go back to that place and chill for yeah. a few days and maybe not do so many things and so many tours and so many, you know. Absolutely. But no, it's You have to work with your clients because that's the thing. I always say, I'll present you something initially based on what you tell me and your likes and your dislikes that we go over on the discovery call. And then we work together because it's, it's, again, it's a relationship and um, you know, it's of course, you know, you, you can tweak whatever you want. If you want to take out a tour or add a tour, Oh, Hey, I'm thinking about this, or maybe it's me coming to you saying, Hey, have you thought about this? Like, maybe you want to go here. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great. No. And she's great to work with because she's very um, she responds quickly, which is great for me because it makes my job easier because then there's not that, you know, kind of lag time every time you're trying to wait for an answer that kind of slows the process. So, no, I think we work together very well. And and I'm so glad to hear that you were happy with the trip. Uh, happy doesn't even describe it. She, um, but what was funny is every time we talked to one of her family members who have been to Paris, who have been to France, everybody has their own ideas, right? Oh, you must see this. You have to go see that. Don't tell me you're going to be in Paris and you won't see this area or that area. I know. And so at first, Julia was like running back, like, okay, we got to see this. We got to add that. We got, and then she just told everybody to just listen. Next time we go, I'll, I'll ask you. But for now, this is, this is set. And for you guys who are listening, if you've ever, if you've ever worked with someone to help you with your travel plans, which I have, most of the time it's like, where do you want to go? I want to go to, let's say, the Caribbean. Okay. You got the Dominican, you got Jamaica, you got Aruba. What do you want? All right. I'll take a Dominican. Family or kids, no kids, kids. You want top shelf liquor, <laughs> or, you know, well, top shelf. Okay, great. Here's your three choices. And uh, this is the one I recommend. That's typically how it goes here. This was slightly different. We got a nice, beautiful package in the mail with just, I mean, you could tell the quality of that bag tag was not like a genuine leather bag <laughs> for the bag with our names in it with an itinerary we had an app there was a book there was i mean you just you just took it to a whole different level so where does that come from because i'm in sales that takes what you did you already had the business you had the business i'm sure you have other clients who are way more demanding than we are yet you made us feel super duper special and i know that was an intentional thing that you did yet you went a little bit of just a little bit above and beyond. And I have this concept when I'm talking to salespeople or entrepreneurs is that you don't really need to be a hundred percent better than anybody. Just be 1% better <laughs> in many different areas. And I felt that with you. I always look for 
things that people do that are different and special. And so my question is, where did that come from? Like, where did you get the idea to just provide such great service? I'm so used to taking superior care of my clients be, and I think from my background, you know, just being used to taking care of that type of clientele, I think it's just ingrained in me, you know, cause I was always, even in that industry, just going, sometimes I would have to jump through hoops to try to find products that my clients liked or, you know, cause I wanted to make them happy. And I think it comes from wanting to please people and wanting to make them happy and wanting them to feel special because I think that's what this business is about. You know, people are excited to go on their, you know, their dream trip. And even if it's just a little weekend getaway, I mean, whatever it is, it's like whatever we, however we can add extra value to make a trip more special. I I think it is important. And I, for me, I just take pleasure in doing it. And so that's why I do it. And, and clients have loved it. And, uh, some clients are, are kind of used to it because, you know, now it's like they'll book other trips. And so they get so excited. They see the book in the mail. And then depending on trips, you know, sometimes you get, you know, a gift while you're there. Sometimes you get a little gift while you're when you're home. I mean, it's just it's it depends on the trip. But it I think it's just it's fun. It's fun to surprise people and to make them happy. Yeah. And, and it felt really, really good. So now you're a business owner. I mean, if we really put it in, you know, look at it logically you went from flight attendant to i mean i want to call you the wizard of oz of <laughs> you know of the travel industry because just that that trip was just amazing and had so much so many little details everything was taken care of the things i wouldn't even think about hey we're talking about restaurants booked private guide at every single point so we landed. It was an overnight flight. We landed. There was a guy there with a cardboard, not a cardboard, but had a sign up with our name on it. Takes us right to the hotel. As soon as we go up, drop off our bags, change, come downstairs. There's a private guide. We go on a tour, come back. There's a dinner booked. Next day, a new guide, new dinner, new driver. Like every single thing was planned out. Do you do that in other areas of your life? You know, it's funny you ask that because half the times for my own trips, I I feel like I don't do enough. I mean, half the times I'm like, how do I plan trips for people? And then when it comes to me and on my personal trips, like, oh, I'll, I'll plan them. But, you know, uh, like for instance, because so I still fly sometimes for uh, one of my old clients, especially as a, as a flight attendant, uh, not too often anymore, but a few times a year I'll fly. So this is their plot. So this client has a jet. Yep. And probably has his own crew of pilots and requests for you to be the flight attendant. What do you do differently on these private flights than a flight attendant does on a regular commercial flight? Oh gosh. Um, A lot of things. So um, on commercial flights, flight attendants, like, you know, usually have that cart where, you know, it's like, what do you want to drink? What, you know, what snacks do you want? We are very, we're about five-star service. So I shop on the road. I keep food refrigerated that I want refrigerated at all these different, you know, in all these different countries through our FBOs, we call them, like where we fly into that our handlers help us with. 
but we, you know, we, we set the table nice, uh, you know, with Matt, you know, the, the linens and I fold the linens and, and so everything's like five-star service on there. Um, so it's very different. It's, it's very private. It's very much like, okay, you're going to have a nice meal right. on, on your private jet today. It's not just like, okay, do you want pretzels and peanuts? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you ever give them like when, so you say you shop for the food. I guess the food isn't just going to show up on their private jet by by itself. How do you know what they want? Well, because I know them and I've been flying them for a long time. So I, I know what they like to eat. I, I know their likes, their dislikes, right? So I do a mix, you know, I'll order some food through catering. And then sometimes it depends on the location. I do a lot of research actually before I even go. And it depends on <laughs> it depends on the location, but I'll research, okay, in this location, in this country, in this spot, is it better to go with this restaurant or is it better to go through the catering company or is it better? So I just have to know where to source food kind of like the travel industry where it's like, I have to know how to source which partner to use, like who's going to be the best partner for which trip. I do the same thing in private aviation. So I, and, and so that's what this particular client, that's what I think he got used to with me. And that's why it was hard when I left because I did go above and beyond often because I just took note of what they liked, what the whole family liked, and they ate differently, you know, and it was just, you know, those special touches of having, you know, what, what they liked on board. And, and, um, and sometimes if I knew they liked a great restaurant or they liked a couscous from, you know, the caterer in Paris, I would make it happen. And, you know, here's what we're going to have today. And so it's just about paying attention to what people like. It's, it kind of goes back to that. Wow. I mean, it, yes, but not everybody does that. That's a special quality. I know to you, you're like, yeah, you just pay attention to what people like and you do that, but it's not, it's not natural. It's not a natural <laughs> thing that people do. I no, I know it's not people. 99% of the time think of themselves. That's, that's what they're thinking about. They're not thinking about anybody else. And especially, especially after the deal is done, right? It's like you go above and beyond after you got paid, after you've already over delivered what you said you were going to do. You still go a little bit beyond that, which is super impressive. I don't think I'll ever fly anywhere. I mean, in the U S if I just need to go somewhere, sure. But if we're planning a trip, I don't think I'm ever going to do it without you. Like I already oh. told Julia. Oh. That's, it. that's the best compliment. Thank you. I oh. am. I want you to hear it from me because that's, it's the absolute truth. Like I love, I love it. It, you know, there was a feeling of a, there was a, I felt like one of your billionaire clients. I'm far from being a billionaire, but I felt like a different level of luxury than when we usually do. And we had a private guide. I'll tell you a story. We had a private guide and there were just tourists. Let's say when we were at the Louvre, there were tourists there by themselves. And then, then there were tourists in big groups. And so the tourists in big groups, they're listening to the guide that probably is speaking the same speech that that guide said, you know, 50 times already. And here we are with a private guide and we're looking at the painting. And this painting happens to be the one where Napoleon is getting crowned by, I think it was the Pope, maybe it was somebody else. I don't, or, or Napoleon is crowning his wife and the Pope is like sitting back and you wouldn't think anything of it. Until the story came out from the private guide 
And she told us, she said, in this painting, actually, the, the coronation day, the Pope was really pissed off at Napoleon. And Napoleon was very impatient. And the Pope knew that. And so he had Napoleon on his knee and he just started praying. You know how Catholics can pray for like a very long time. Like, <laughs> so he's yeah. got Napoleon sitting there pray on, on a knee and he's just not crowning him. He's just going off and on and on and on. Well, Napoleon gets pissed off, gets up, tells the Pope to go sit down, crowns himself. And there was like, that's a real story. So he, he became yeah. kind of almost a joke, like this king crowned himself. And then he brought, you know, the, the future queen up and he crowned her. And um, you would not know that. You would not know that piece of history yeah. if, you, if you didn't have the private guide to show it and point it out. And it's just a different experience. But yeah, Napoleon was like a running joke for a little while. We also didn't know that I think George Washington lived in France for like seven years in Paris as he tried to um, as he tried to convince the king to go against England and help the United States revolution. And finally, after that happened, the French people got an idea for a revolution of their own. And so because the king helped America become free, that's where they got the idea for the French Revolution. And that king ended up getting his head chopped off. So it's like when you're looking at this history and the vicious circle of what happens, it's just, I don't know. I just, I'm just showing off about how smart I am now because of the guides that well, you provided. And that's the beauty of the guides is that they bring it to life, you know, and it's kind of like, and sometimes knowing the story behind something, it just makes it that much more special because you can just look at a painting or be in a place and know nothing about it. And sometimes that's fine. And you just want to enjoy a coffee or you want to just, you know, just kind of have the ambiance there or enjoy a meal there. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it, it makes it more meaningful to know the story behind that. Why, you know, like, why does that exist? Yeah. It was such a special thing, uh, Stephanie. It was, it was really special. And so now you are, how long have you had this company now? It's been, I want to say probably around six years because I think two, I started a mentorship program when I, when I knew I wanted to be part of Virtuoso. I started a mentorship program with my host agency, Largay, which, um, so basically I have the Virtuoso membership and affiliation because of Largay. And so when I first started the travel company, I I knew I wanted to be luxury. And when I did a bunch of research, I knew I wanted to be virtuoso. And so long story short, I, I think I interviewed with like three different uh, host agencies that were all great, uh, great reputations, very credible. And I chose Largay because uh, Paul Largay is just the owner of Largay is very uh, fun. And he, uh, he just he made me laugh. And it was just like, OK, that this is a good this is a good connection here. And um, so, yeah, they I, I'm considered an independent affiliate of Largay. So I have my own company, but I, I kind of look at them as my partner because we work together and uh, it's been great. It, it's a fun industry. It's uh, don't get me wrong. It's been hard to, 
to build the clientele because I'm not somebody who came with a database. Like I was a flight attendant and I don't talk to my clients on the jets unless they want to talk or, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to schmooze a network and all that stuff. Like I don't cross that line when I'm working. And so I didn't have this database that some people have, or like these Uber, you know, wealthy husbands where it's like these wives are just doing this as a, uh, a hobby. I mean, that's great. And I'm not, I mean, Hey, I don't judge, but it's, I I wasn't in that position. So it was like, well, how am I going to make money with this? So it's, it hasn't been all easy. I mean, it's, I've put a lot of hard work into it. And I think now I'm at the point where COVID was actually a silver lining for me because because of the extra time I had with, you know, obviously the business being devastated, I started doing this reach out on LinkedIn. And that's how I started getting uh, many of the clients I have now. And so it's it's been great because it's, it's um, I feel like if COVID didn't happen, I don't know. I don't know if all that would have happened. Uh, well, COVID so- happened, but the private industry went up, right? I mean, that that saw a huge boost because so many people started flying privately from COVID from what I understand. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did. But um, it was more just about, I think the kind of clientele that I was starting to get on LinkedIn versus, you know, cause the thing is with me, our, our niche is luxury. So I, I'm not a mass market um, and nor do I want to be where I just want right. to be doing, cause I just don't have the kind of time and I want to be able to put the love and the detail into the trip that you, you know, experienced. And I can't, I can't do that if I'm doing too many at a time. So yeah, it's been, it's been growing, which has been great, but it's definitely, it's definitely not easy. It, it takes a while to, to make some money in this industry because our, our margins are low so that it's, you know, it's not like real estate where you're getting 50% of the team. You know? Yeah, that's insane. What, so what's your LinkedIn reach out? I mean, you're reaching out to, to some pretty successful type of yeah. clients. What, what do you say? CEOs, you know, a lot of CEOs and, you know, people and those types of position um, because I figure, okay, well, they probably have the money to travel. Right. And then, you know, hopefully they have some time to travel. Um, Some of my clientele is retired, so they obviously have the time to travel, which is great. Um, I just say, you know, I say a little blurb about, hey, I like to inspire people to dream big and travel the world. And and then if they connect with me, then I'll write another message kind of, you know, with a couple of other blurbs about what I do and and that I'm happy to help and I'm able to get them perks and benefits through Virtuoso. And and then we also give 5% of our total profit to Talitha Coom, which is an orphanage in Kenya, and they help children with HIV. Virtue so, also does. No, I do. You personally do. Our company. Yep. Yep. We give 5% of our profit because I wanted to help make this world a better place. And so that was the other piece of the puzzle. So I wanted to give people their dream trips, but then I also wanted to help make this world a better place. So I was like, how can I give back? And we picked this charity because my husband's friend, Luca in Italy, he spent a lot of time volunteering for Talitha Kuhn when he was in Kenya. And so when he, you know, told us the story, we just became fascinated with, you know, just everything they're trying to do for these children, um, you know, that were orphans. And, and so, yeah, 5% of my profit goes there. And then, so I get the email from the sister that runs the school there. And she's always so thankful when the money comes in and will reach out to me. And, you know, sometimes she'll share pictures of the children and, and it's just, it's, it's rewarding because it's, I like knowing that we can 
help somebody else beyond ourselves. Um, you know, I think that's very important. So it is very important. Good for you for doing that. All right. Most famous person or your favorite trip? I don't know. Oh gosh. Reality wise, um, if you're able to tell me stuff like that, but. Well, I, I guess I, I think I would be fine now. I mean, years ago I flew Sir Paul McCartney. So he, wow. <laughs> he was my, like, Oh, one of my favorites. Just How did that happen? It was a charter trip and I was booked on it and it Did was, you know who chartered it or you, you had no idea you got on it. Yeah, no, I knew I, I knew who I was going to fly before I went on. And when I saw his name on the trip sheet, I was just like, and, and I don't really get starstruck, but for him, I did because I grew up listening to the Beatles and my, you know, my dad loved the Beatles, me and my best friend, we used to listen to the Beatles all the time. So flying him and getting to hear him sing on the plane, like parts of his songs, I was just like pinching myself, like, is this really happening? But um, yeah, that was, that was awesome. But, um, and there's been many, I mean, there's been many uh, celebrities that I flew that were just, it was interesting. All right. There's an artist I want you to check out. His name is Michael Cheval. Okay. I'm going to write this down. H-E-V-A-L. And he has, he has a painting called Imagine. Uh, okay. Text me afterwards. Let me know what you think of it. Okay. Okay. I when you have time, I'm sure you're busy. All right. So Paul McCartney, did you get to talk to him? Did he, how was he on a flight? Yeah. Yeah. We were actually on. So now I fly on a lot of Gulf streams, so, you know, bigger jets, global expresses, Gulf streams. So we were on a hawker, which is a small jet in the private aviation world. A hawker usually doesn't take a flight attendant, but I was on there and at this, this particular hawker didn't have a jump seat. So I was in the back with, I was thinking out. Yeah, everybody that was back there. So it was just like I was completely part of the whole experience, which which was just even cooler. Who else was there? Anybody else famous or you don't even know? Don and now his now wife was on one of the flights. And um, yeah, I think his daughter, his daughter at the time. And they were singing a song about being happy. It was just. Uh, You're on a flight singing a song? Man. <laughs> I can't. It was it was amazing. No, and the, the best part of the story is okay. And, and here's an example of just a billionaire that is so humble and just so happy, and not like a lot of other billionaires, unfortunately. But um, so at the time we were in Bahamas, and um, I had this request that I had to go. You know, I had to find this vegan coconut ice cream. So we were staying at the Hilton, and I think we were told, okay, well, the only place you're going to find that ice cream is if you go to the one and only hotel or whatever. So one of the pilots comes with me. And, and, and so we go to the hotel to talk to the chef to see if they can make us this, you know, vegan ice cream. Cause it's like, where in the heck am I going to find this in the Bahamas? Right. So they're able to pull it off there. We're waiting. And I joke around with the pilot. I said, watch us run into him, you know, cause I think, yeah, like he was staying there or whatever. I just thought he was going to be there. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, he walks in, but instead of just like ignoring us and going the other way, he sees we're there and he's with his now wife and he runs up to us and is like, Hey, Nancy, this is my crew. And he's introducing us to her. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me because a lot of other clients I flew would not be doing that. Um, so that was just, it just, it just speaks to, to who he is and just the awesome person he is. So. And you remember that. Oh, Oh, gosh, yeah. That must have felt good, right? I mean, you're there asking for ice cream, vegan <laughs> ice cream from coconuts, and here comes 
Paul McCartney to introduce his family to you? Like there are people in the, and they're probably locking, you know, probably locking off some of the hotel entrances. So people don't go where he's at and he's running to you. That's really cool. It was, yeah, me and the pilot. And so, yeah, it was cool because like I said, a lot of other people we flew, I mean, that would never happen. And it's like, here the celebrity was, like he felt the need to introduce us. And so it was just, yeah, it was sweet. Who do you wish, like, what do you have like a dream of, you know, a dream person you'd fly with and get a chance to meet and talk to? Well, one of the dream persons I would love to meet is Sir Richard Branson because I love everything he's about. I've read all of his books. And the dream trip I had is when I went on Necker, I was asked to do an educational trip there and I went and it was, it was a dream come true because especially after reading his books, even though I don't know him personally, it's like, you feel more connected to somebody, you know, after, you know, kind of hearing their story and their background. And, and so just being in that energy was just amazing. And of course, the islands are beautiful. Both Necker and Mosquito are breathtakingly beautiful. The views, the the accommodations, I mean, the food, the service, the people, everything was just amazing. And so, yeah, I can't wait to send people there because it's, it's, it's a dream spot. Did you stay at one of his houses? Yeah, we stayed on Necker for four nights. We stayed in Mosquito for two nights in an estate. And then at Necker, we stayed in the great house. And uh, we got to see all the other, you know, accommodations on the property. And and we experienced a boat day, you know, to the different islands where we did some island hopping and snorkeling. And then um, we did a pool day where they literally like this mermaid comes swimming up with a boat of sushi. What DJ playing? I mean, it was just, it's like this stuff only happens on Necker Island, I swear. And then we got to hang out with lemurs. So it's actually great for even families if you want to go on a celebration week, because you can literally go in this cage where the lemurs are and lemurs roam around free on the property. I had two lemurs that came up to my shower when I was taking a shower, a mom and her baby, and they were just staring at me. Just hanging out. Yeah. What kind of a lemur is that, mom? No fur. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I have a video I can share it with you. But um, but yeah, so and you go in this cage and literally you're not supposed to touch them because you know obviously they're wild, so you don't do any of that, but they'll jump on you. And so you have these lemurs jumping on you. And and it was just it was a special experience because years prior I had uh, gone on a work trip to Madagascar and I went to go see the lemurs there in the wild. And so it was just it was cool to to that have that so experience. Cool. Yeah, there's giant turtles and even little little baby giant tortoises that you can hold. It's yeah, there's a lot of cool things. <laughs> what an experience when you can travel the world and see all this stuff. We were uh, our honeymoon was coast to del sol. So oh. that's the southern coast of Spain and we saw Marbella and we saw like it just it was just really really cool state of La La Alhambra. Anyway, we got to go to the Rock of Gibraltar because I've been to Spain like six times with the military. And we would float past and see this great rock of Gibraltar. And I, I always wanted to check it out. So I'm like, all right, let's go. We, we're here. Let's go see it. On the rock, there are monkeys that just run around, kind of like you're describing lemurs. So we got pictures of us hanging out. And then like a monkey would just run up and hang out with us. <laughs> it's like really cool place. Stephanie, I know you're very selective, but 
who are the type of clients that would benefit most from your services and who are you looking for um, as a client? Well, I'm looking for people that obviously want to travel. There's an interest in travel and that uh, would appreciate the value that I can bring to the table and and want somebody to plan their trip because I, I find it a little problematic when people come to me and they they like to do a lot of their own thing. And then it's like, they don't want to like give the control over to me and I get it, but it's, it's like, let me do my thing and, and let me help you. And obviously we'll work together, but um, I find that people that, you know, are either too busy or don't want to plan it, don't want to spend the time planning it and would, would appreciate what I can bring to the table. Those are the types of clients that I'm I'm looking for. Got it. And just so I didn't miss this, I'd like to hear from you. What is it that you bring to the table? Because I know I I know what I felt, but I don't know if that's what you wanted me to feel. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. So I always start with a complimentary discovery call. And this is, you know, me hopping on a phone or a Zoom call with you. And, and I ask you questions on your likes and dislikes. And then I also share how I work. And then once, once we're ready and we reach that agreement, I start working on an itinerary. And a lot of time it's, you know, me working with one of my partners in, in the area. And then once um, we, we have the itinerary, we go back and forth, making any adjustments till you're hundred percent happy. And then when you, when it's time to confirm services, I do that. And then I reconfirm when it's time. And then when you're away, I work backstage. So I handle anything that comes up. So that way you have peace of mind. You don't have to worry about anything on your trip. And then when you come back, I set a time to do a debrief call and, or we do. And then this is just me asking questions, you know, how did your trip go? Would you have changed anything? Could I have done anything better? And that to me is very important because it furthers my relationship with my clients. And because again, this is like, I'm all about making my clients happy because the better I know you, the better each trip is going to be. And that's what I tell people, you know, the more I know about you, the better this trip is going to be, because then I'm going to be able to deliver what I think is going to make you happy. And so the more I know you, that the whole, the whole thought is that each trip is just going to keep getting better and better and better. And then, yeah, when I'm away, we have a client relations department because, you know, I still travel some, my client relations teams takes care of my clients when I'm away. And so I kind of prep them with where I'm at with everybody before I leave. So that way they can just, jump in in case anything arises that needs to be handled. And you you did, I mean, attention to detail. I'm so impressed. We actually had either text or in, no, in the app itself, there was literally local partners of yours. And I remember it said, you're always welcome to call me. However, if you want it done super fast and you need somebody locally, here are all the numbers you need. Oh, yeah. Because some of our partners, for instance, that we work with, not all of them, but some of them that we work with have these, they offer these like 24-7 emergency contact numbers. So ideally, you contact them because they're on that same time zone. So if anything goes wrong, you know, they're going to be there to help, you know, help you. And, and that's the company that that did the trip in that case, like in, in, in your case. And so that, yeah, we'll provide those numbers. And then as you mentioned, I do the itineraries and access, which is a travel app. And so that's what you're describing and a lot of other clients love as well is because if you have a smartphone, you can download that app on your smartphone and then you can see your itinerary from there. And then another cool thing is if we put the flights in there, 
if you know there's a flight change or a schedule change or a gate change or anything like that, Access will send you a notification right to your phone. So you'll be at the airport and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you know you're you're leaving from gate three or what you know, whatever it is. And so I do that. I build those itineraries. I offer travel insurance. Uh, we can book private jet charters if anybody wants to, you know, fly privately. Um, we specialize in Italy because of our background, Africa, British Virgin Islands, Australia, everywhere I've lived, California, Charleston, um, New York City. But with that being said, you know, right now I'm planning a trip to Hawaii, Portugal, Ireland, Um Gosh, uh, Paul Gauguin, I have couples going to Tahiti and French Polynesia, like on that cruise. And so all these different things that are in the mix right now, the Maldives, I'm planning a honeymoon trip there. So it's really where the client wants to go. Very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. It was was really, really nice to finally meet you and have a conversation with you. I just want to show my gratitude to you because you truly made that, that trip so special for us. If we were going to do it, I'm sure there will be times where we would just look at each other and say, what are we supposed to do now? Like, what's next? Start asking around locally, you know, and um, none of that happened. We knew exactly where, what, everything was lined up. I'm so, so impressed. For you guys who are listening, if you're planning a trip, have have a consultation call with Stephanie. You'll You'll probably save money and the trip itself is going to be so much better than you booking it yourself. Um, how can people reach out to you if this is something that they're interested in? Sure. Um, they can email me or call me. Um, I have two emails, but the one I most use is Stephanie at Largay Travel. So S-T-E-F-A-N-Y. Did you know you misspelled Stephanie, by the way? Yeah, my name is Stephanie. So it's S-T-E-F-A-N-Y. So it's a different spelling. <laughs> And then at largatravel.com, or they can call my cell. Um, everything's on my website, dmctraveltailor.com. dmctraveltailor.com. Stephanie, thank you so much. Can't wait for our next trip. We're calling you up. Thank you. It was great to meet you. <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet you too. And great with your son, by the way. That that cotton candy business is so impressive, and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, most people, I have not talked about it on the podcast yet, but I am now in the cotton candy business with my nine-year-old son, Mikey. We're two weeks in, 25% of all proceeds are going to help homeless or veterans. And that's top line revenue, not from profits. So we're operating on 75% of all revenues. And um, yeah, it's just been a blast. I am the, the cotton candy maker. I'm the investor. I'm the dishwasher. I am the delivery driver and I'm the, uh, I'm the business coach too. So it's a lot of stuff going on here. (laughs) So sweet. It's so sweet. Well, awesome. Great work. And it was great to meet you. And I'm so happy that you two were happy and it was, it was a pleasure working with uh, Julia and, and now meeting you and, and helping you with that trip. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Have a great one. Bye everybody. See you on next episode. You've listened to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a nice review. And if you're not a part of our tribe on Facebook, be sure to head over to Facebook and join Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Tribe. I look forward to speaking with you in the tribe. Have a great day.